Hey guys, welcome back to the More Than Muscle podcast. This is episode six and I am your host, Matt Cooney. And today I'm joined by Helmi Deneen, who is a personal trainer and online coach from Belfast. And Helmi, how are you? And how much did I butcher that last name? I knew I, was, I wasn't going to get it right. <laughs> Matt, I'm awesome, mate. Last name, the way I describe it, believe it or not, is... If you know how to say panini, take out the P, put in a D, it's Danini, mate. That's simple. You know what, just know. I, like, I was going to ask you more, and I'm like, if I ask you, you tell me, I'm still going to get it wrong. So I'm like, we'll just go with <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so really glad to have you on and really excited to get stuck in. So what we're going to look at today is quite a lot of mindset, personal development, and psychology. So Helmi is really big into training, but also into mindset and psychology. And I've been following you for a while and we know each other for a while. And I just really like your thought processes when it comes to kind of the mindset side of things. So first of all, the first question is just kind of how did you become so passionate about mindset and psychology? Was it something you were always into? Or? Matt, that's a very good question. So with mindset and psychology, believe it or not, going through school, it's something that I would have laughed at if someone had said to me, oh, I'm going to learn a bit of psychology or something like that. It would have been like airy furry, you could say. And it's just something that I always veered away from. And I suppose the more that I started to educate myself, there was something always in my head that I was so curious, Matt. I was, I was that person. If you had said something, I would have been like, why, 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 why? And I just, I, it, at the time, looking back, I, was a, I wanted to be a know-it-all. And with me wanting to be a know-it-all, I suppose that it just sort of led me down the route of understanding human behavior and just understanding people in general. And pretty much that, that I would say that's the reason why I sort of veered down the route of psychology, just coming from a genuine place of curiosity. And from that, mate, it's made me delve into just different avenues. And the thing is with it, Matt, it's like, it's not like nutrition, it's not like training. It's transferable into every area in life, which I love about it. So it's completely versatile. Yeah. So it, it sounds like I'm really selling psychology. Yeah. <laughs> Wait for the end. Wait for the end. Yeah. <laughs> so it's actually quite quite like me though, in terms of I think I was very resistant to mindset stuff. Um, yeah. and that's why I think I'm so passionate about it now. Uh, because for me, I I was like I probably didn't know it at the time, but me being resistant to it was a sign I probably needed it more than, yep, yep. than most, you know? Yep. And just yep. before we move on, I want to preface this. Uh, tell me, how much do you weigh right now? Um, you know what, Matt? Really good question. I actually don't weigh myself, but I can tell you I'm in and around between 98 and 104 kilo. Yeah, so I just want the listeners to know because uh, often... If they're, listen, if they're not watching on YouTube, they can't see you as well. Yeah. You might think when we're delving into this psychology and stuff that you're like someone that's never trained before and like yeah, yeah. real scrawny <laughs> steady. You're, you're about 100 kilos and with abs. So again, yeah. the listeners, put that in your mind before we start talking about all this deep psychology and stuff. Um, Mark, I actually had a training session with Helmi in Belfast a couple of months ago. Um, and I can vouch for... Your training <laughs> intensity. It's actually it's funny, mate. I put a I put a post up this. I I'm not too sure if you've seen it, but a lot of people get the impression from the outside that that guy's just a meathead. And 
it's, I don't know, for one part of me, it's like, I actually quite like that. It means I'm actually doing a good job with regards to actually, um, obviously, with uh, gaining muscle. But for me, Matt, it's actually funny because they intertwine, obviously, psychology and everything that I do with regards to the gym. So, yeah, I find it funny whenever people get that impression. Yeah, and I think that, like, even having that, knowing that, like, when, when you look at you, and even like that, if you're calling me head, when you start to go yeah. on about psychology and stuff, people are like, huh? You like yeah. <laughs> you have a brain. You you do something outside of the gym that, that yeah. isn't just reps. <laughs> Funny. Enough. So to get stuck in, the next thing I wanted to touch on was about the well, it's about Dr. John D. Martini. So I know you went to something called I think it's called the Breakthrough Experience, and yep. I, when we met up last, you touched on it. But if you could just First of all, maybe give an overview of who Dr. John D. Martini is for the listeners and then the breakthrough experience of what it is and yep. yep. So first of all, I don't get paid for promotion with Dr. John D. Martini. I just really I'm just really inspired by the guy because he's just changed my whole thought process. So when I speak about him, I am very enthusiastic. With Dr. John, uh, not many people have heard of him, Matt, but Dr. Sean, Dr. John is the number one in the world with when it comes to human behavior and psychology. How I heard about him was I was actually prepping for a photo shoot and every single night I would have put my AirPods in and I would have listened to him for one hour for 365 days. I'd done this before I actually attended his course. Every single night, I didn't miss a night. And basically what Dr. John does, it's hard to summarize in one little part, but what I can say is that he gets you to think differently based on science and universal laws. And with what he does, essentially, there's, there's a lot of things, but to pretty much condense it, what I said there, and dissolving grief, which is a big thing, and you could say it's relatable to what we're all going through now. We're all grieving the loss of the gym and grieving the loss of our old routines. So it's, if you want to break it down to layman terms, Matt, you could say that you're entering the subconscious and seeing what's on the other side, so you can live a balanced life as opposed to having too much highs and too much lows. Pretty much waking up every single day, understanding what you do and what your values are, being on track and basically being in control of your mindset. And they're all big things that a lot of people, everyone wants in their life, Matt. So um, with, with all that, uh, for me, it's helped me see things differently, see the world differently. And, just drives my behavior differently and how I communicate and everything that I do inside my business. Yeah. I know that's, that's a lot. It's hard just to say exactly what he does, but if we could put it in essence, it's change your mindset. So you aren't too positive, you aren't too negative and you just understand yourself more. Yeah. I think it's, I, I'd never heard of him until I think it was you or it was either Mark Coles. One of, one of you were kind of mentioned about it and I have listened to him a few times and it is definitely really kind of it's inspiring but it's also yeah it, it kind of opens your mind and I, yeah. I find the way listening to him it it can get you it's like those light bulbs can go off in your head that you're like yeah i've never heard that that way before yeah or yeah. like it could be and it could be the same like that a lot of it is um the subconscious kind of beliefs or thoughts that we yeah. have um and yeah. there are things i suppose i i didn't Never really thought, like you said, never really thought about it before. Yeah. And until yeah. it wasn't until he kind of started to bring these up that I got to think of, you know. 
Yep, and that's the thing that Dr. John is most renowned for. Pretty much, you could say being a little bit abrupt and being out of order, you could say, with this thought process. But behind it all, Matt, there is methodology, there is science. I remember clearly when I went to his course and I came back to my family, my family, honestly, they said to me, who are you? <laughs> and the reason why was because I just had a complete different approach. Looking back, I probably shouldn't have done that. We all know, Matt, that whenever you go off on a course and you learn something about training, you go into the gym and you look at someone and say, you're doing that wrong because I learned this sort of thing. Yeah. So that wasn't the right approach. But now that time goes on, I've done the course, I've done two of the courses around a year ago. Now the time goes on, reflecting back. Um, it makes me realize that whenever you do learn something, you should sort of take it in and apply it as opposed to letting it be you, if that makes sense. Yeah. So some people like, um, they believe it's their identity and that's what I believed. So it did drive my behavior differently back then, but obviously reflecting back now, it's just a matter of actually being subjected to all this psychology, taking it in and asking the question of, how can I benefit from this? Why am I going to apply it? How can I make a greater life? Yeah. Because I can imagine with the, the, like the breakthrough experience, just for the listeners, it's, am I right in, in saying, is it like two days that's very long and very, very intense uh, yeah. when it comes to, <laughs> to psychology? Yeah. And then, is that right? Is it two, just two full days? Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be the it'll be the weekend. It'll be Saturday morning. You'll start at nine a.m. and it's not guaranteed what time you finish. It depends on obviously if you get the work done. You work through a workbook. It's uh, I went nine a.m. right through to eleven p.m. that night, and then we're up again at eight a.m. back in, and then repeat. And with that much, it's um, it is very intense. But one big part that I left out was Dr. John Demartini is pretty much the values guy. He determines your values what you're put on this world to do and pretty much uh, getting you to do the things where you're most inspired. So it sounds like it's crazy hours. It's probably um, nothing to guys like us, Matt, you know, like online personal trainers. Um, but you genuinely don't see time go by because you're absorbing so much and you're just, you're learning and you're thinking differently. And I believe that, um, especially with the current circumstance, Matt, I'm always going to relate to where we currently are with the obviously pandemic going on. If you're going about your day and you're like, this is dragging and everything like that, it's telling, it's feedback to say that you're not on priority. You're not living life to your values. And for me, like as much as the R sound crazy, it's just, it honestly, it goes by in a flash. And that's just a little, uh, a little bit of a tip to anyone whose days are dragging in. It's feedback to say, you're not doing the things that make you feel amazing and you're not doing the things that are actually aligned with uh, your highest values. Yeah, I think that ties in with kind of what I wanted to go talk about next was kind of like a yeah. common struggle that a lot of people have and a lot of your clients probably do is this lack of motivation. And a lot of yeah. people probably have come to you with that saying like, I just lack motivation. Um, so what would you kind of say or what advice would you give to people who may be lacking motivation? And obviously what you just said is definitely a big piece of that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, Matt, it's I think it's so easy, and it's probably ignorant of me to say do this, do that, and just basically give people uh, touch points of what I do in my day. But we have to understand the person's circumstance first. And the thing is, not as many people are committed to dieting and training as much as we are. 
Mm. So whenever we're dealing with clients and they're not motivated, I can completely understand. So when it does come to motivation, I believe that we have to meet them on their level. The advice that I would give is understanding it's not what you do through this period, it's why you do it. And you have to get really crystal clear on this. Every single day, I will be chatting to one of my clients and I'll be realigning them with why are you here? Why are you doing this? Because sometimes it's so easy to just slip into old ways and feel what's the point attitude. And that, that is going to impair everyone's motivation. So number one tip, Matt, will be understanding your why. And I know it probably falls under psychology. It probably sounds very furry. But once you extract the real reason why you're training and you get it on paper and you look at it, it'll change your emotional state. And whenever it changes your emotional state, it'll drive certain behaviors inside you. I believe not a lot of people write out goals, write their whys, and then review it. A lot of people probably do do it, but they don't review it enough whenever they need to. So step number one is it's not what you do, it's why you do it. And you need to get really crystal clear on that. And the way I describe it, Matt, is if you came to me, and Matt Cooney is my client, tell me I have no motivation. First thing I'm going to say, right, okay, Matt, what's going on inside your head? What sort of thought process is going on? Um, I just couldn't be annoyed. The first thing I'm going to say to you, Matt, is, well, where are you going? What's your destination? Are you clear on what you need to do? Because sometimes your mind can be clouded from the environment and everything that's going on at the minute that you actually forget why you're doing it. So by simply moving back to that list of this is exactly why I'm doing it, it can fire you up again. And for me, every single night, mate, I will assess my day and there will be a little note on the side, basically my mission statement, what I'm putting this earth to do, to help guys be more inspired, to help guys increase self-confidence, self-worth, everything like that. And that fires me up every single night. And I believe if I wasn't to do that, not just that solely, but that is a big part, I believe that I would lack motivation. So with motivation, understand it's not something that you just get. You have to work on it. There needs to be a good enough reason for you to be motivated. So if I was to keep it simple, Matt, I would say just understand your why and really double down on it. And yeah. the thing is as well, you can't extend on it whenever you write down reasons. I know from one year ago to now, my why is different. I want to serve a greater number of people. So that changes my why. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. And I do think yeah. it's something like right now, if anyone listens, if we just said, why do you train? Yeah. I think a large portion of people wouldn't be able to answer properly at least. And then yep. If, yep. You, if you kind of took that and said, okay, how many of these people that couldn't answer that are actually lacking motivation? Yeah, probably yep. going to be a high number. And yep. Yep. it's something like, I think we're all guilty of it. Like even for us, we might know why we train, why we uh, eat healthy, but in other yep. areas, we, we might know why we do stuff, you know? So it's not like that we're better than, than anybody else. Yeah. Like yes. you're saying, yes. we, we find it easier to lift a barbell and eat certain foods, yes. but in other yep. areas, we could have that same confusion as to why do we do this, you know? Yep, um, yep, 100%. Super interesting. And on, on that, Matt, sorry. Um, that's one thing that I realized as well. When clients were coming to me and 
I obviously, as you know, I come from a place of holy curiosity, I call it. And whenever, when someone can't stick to a food plan, like a specific food plan, I know it's not like a real bro when I put people on food plans, but it's not all the time. But if they're not sticking to nutritional guidance or they're not actually completing their training whenever they're supposed to, I always said to myself, hold on a little minute. I'm doing it every single day. I've done this for eight years. I haven't missed a training session. What's wrong with you? That's the attitude I had before. And then I had to take a step back, reflect and say, hold on a second, homie, you don't do dishes every single day. You don't actually do the things around the house. Why? Because you're not inspired there. And that made me understand that I had to communicate with people on their level and with motivation as well, Matt, while we're on this. A lot of people believe they're not motivated, but the first thing I'm going to say is, who are you comparing yourself to? Because what is motivation? Because I know some people would probably look into my lifestyle and say, I'm not as motivated as him. And I'm like, dude, you don't have to be. <laughs> so everyone is motivated in their own ways, 100%. Yeah, I think that's interesting because like the easy answer that everybody kind of gives is like, oh, just don't look for motivation. Like don't, don't use yeah. it, don't need it. And yeah. sometimes it's, it's very easy to say that. It's just like, oh yeah, don't use motivation, just use habits. Um, yeah. But then we're always, there is a certain element of motivation there or not there all the time. And it's yeah. like you're saying, if you can think about it differently and yeah. instead of, I think what happens is people think they're not motivated or they think like you're way more motivated than yeah. me, yeah. say, and then they feel like they're failing. So yeah. it's like, yeah. I'm just I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't. And that's another thing I wanted to touch on was this kind of fear of failure. And because what I would often hear as well is people are, like you probably get it with clients that would be afraid to either start with you because they're afraid they're going to fail essentially, or yeah. they yeah. think they can't do what you do. And do you find that a lot with this fear of failure that people have? Yeah. Matt, sorry, you broke up there. Could you repeat that again? Just in summary. I, I, yeah, we're so wrong, do, failure. Yeah. So do you find people have this fear of failure when it comes to people who have a problem that you're, say, you deal with with clients? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And yeah. It seems to be the same, um, the same reasons keep reappearing as to why people are running away from failure. And I would be full of rubbish, Matt, if I said I wasn't this person. As in, I, I just didn't want to fail. It would have hurt my ego and it just didn't make me feel good. But realistically, I believe the reason why people um, veer away from failure is because they see it as it's not, it's not demons being like, it's not demons progressing in life. And every single person wants to progress in life. But realistically, if we, we always have to look at it um, from a different perspective. If we were to constantly succeed, if we were to constantly get all the positives, all the amazing endorphins and everything like that, we're not learning that. And if you really think about it, the, the greatest people in the world, they're driven by, you could say, failures or emotional triggers that don't make them feel good and they want to better themselves. So... When it comes to failures, it's something that I'll take every single day. I actually look at it as it's simply feedback. If something doesn't go in your favor, if you set up to get in shape and you actually turn out um, worse off, then that's just feedback. And whenever you look at failure as feedback, I believe that's where you start to make leaps of progress. I know it's easier said than done, but genuinely, if you look at the reason why you didn't actually uh, progress or move forward, you're able to assess that, analyze it, and go again, then for me, that's better than just setting out to do something and doing it. Because without um, 
without the failure, the positive and the, the amazing stuff, wouldn't have currency. And I do genuinely believe in that, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, I 100% agree with that. And it's something, I think I heard Ben Heron say it recently, but he said, you learn nothing from a perfect week. Yep. And it, yep. it really is, I think, I think we all have a, a fear of failure in a way. Um, yeah. Because obviously none of us, it's not, we don't want to fail when we do something. Yeah. But if you can look at it through a different lens, like, like you said, feedback. Yeah. I like that word, especially with failure, because I think when people think of failure they think failed like it's done once I do it if yeah, I fail yeah. it's over that's me but yeah. then when you look yeah. like you said the most successful people like even like you look at Michael Jordan he was the best basketball team when yeah. that ever was there's yeah. numerous people I think Thomas Edison the light bulb there's so many stories yeah. of failure where people failed so many times before and essentially yeah. what you said if you can use it as a learning process and feedback that okay going forward something needs to change yeah and even on that, there was, I, was, I was listening to a podcast the other day, it was, I think it was Tony Robbins, and he said about Walt Disney got rejected 333 times or something like that. And I can guarantee that every single time that he got rejected, he didn't go in with the same approach. The reason why is because if you keep the same approach and expect the same outcome, then you're setting yourself up for a false expectation. So that's why I say it's always feedback. Change the approach, change the outcome. Firm believer in that, Matt. Yeah, I think that's good. I think that relates a lot to diet as well because I think that's a problem a lot of people have with dieting is yeah. you'll always hear, I've tried how many times each time yeah. and it's it's not essentially, you haven't failed yet, you just haven't found the right approach. So yeah. if yeah. again, if you take the mindset of I failed, I can never do it, you're yeah. most likely yeah. never going to do it. Whereas if you can yeah. use it as feedback and be like, okay, Something I did the last time was not right. You know, it didn't bring me to the yeah. right direction. I went, I went the wrong direction somewhere across that diet. I was yeah. doing something wrong. So if you can think like that and then use that as where the change going forward, it's going to set yeah. you up to ultimately succeed, you know? Yeah. And on that month with failure, people will label things whenever they believe it doesn't meet an expectation. And an expectation comes from, obviously, your perception. So... If Matt is doing a photo shoot and he wants to get, can I curse on this? No. Yes, yes, you can. <laughs> if Matt wants to get thick skin shredded, then he's going to want to have his bottom abs out and he's going to want veins running through them, babies. Yes. And if Matt doesn't succeed in doing that and just say he doesn't get his bottom abs out, then he's going to see himself with a failure. But there's a reason why, because his perception of shredded is bottom abs. So if we can actually remodel our brain and thinking that consistency isn't what you think it is. Consistency is actually when you don't do something that you're supposed to do, dealing with it okay and, and continually pursuing it, that's consistency for me. And I believe that's why a lot of people see themselves as failure because they'll ingrain consistency into their mind. It's pretty much you just do it every single day. And that is consistency. If there is one day where you do not do that, then you're not consistent, which means you fall into the category of you're a big fat failure. <laughs> That is, yeah, I, I think that's true. And even for me, like you said about the photo shoot, I've done, I don't know, I think maybe five or six, but say for the first years of the photo shoot, and I think the second year, again, I would consider that photo shoot a failure, but it was because I didn't achieve the shape that I wanted that time. But again, I, yep. what I did was I looked at the reasons why. It was because 
it was my first year doing a group photo shoot. So I was doing, yeah. I was prepping other people at the time and work was very busy. So I was, without, I, I was basically under too much stress. I was putting a lot of effort and time yeah. into them and not as much into myself. And I thought, because I'd done it the year before, I, I can do it, like it's easy. I'll just kind of yeah. get it done. Yeah, yeah. But then all, yeah. I didn't realize, and this is something that I always tell clients, is like even with a dieting phase, it's always gonna be different. Even yeah. though it's a calorie deficit is what you need to lose fat, the situation, the environment, your life, your stress, is gonna be different. So you need yeah. to be able to adjust, prepare, and be able to like make changes, you know? And then, yeah. like you're saying, not feel like it's a failure if you didn't yeah. get the what you perceive Objective. yeah yeah and yeah 100 and even on that matt uh with that point i always ask the question so when my clients or i'll take you for example you're my favorite client at the moment. <laughs> when if we rewind to whenever you've done the photo shoot and you've done it and you're like i'm not really happy with that the one question that i ask is right okay matt what if your calves quads abs arms shoulders everything was incredible what are you going to do then you have no work to do so what are you going to do <laughs> so it's it's not a bad thing because i deal with guys who want to go into the first photo shoot and their main concern is i don't want to look too scrawny i don't want to come in too skinny and i'm saying right okay dude but what if you come in really big and you look like Ronnie Coleman, what work are you going to do then? You're not going to, you're not going to be on your toes. You have nothing to get up for in the morning. So it's never a bad thing. It's simply feedback. Yeah, that's actually really, that's a good point. Because yeah, I think it's as well, that's just with our own, for a lot of time we have, we, we can set expectations way too, too high. And in, in essence, like we just focus on the outcome of yeah. instead of like, yeah. Oh yeah, what can we learn then at least improve for next time, you know? Yeah, and we're always comparing ourselves to other people subconsciously, Matt. Always, no matter what, if I, you know what, I lied about this. I said to people, I'm confessing, yes, I lied, <laughs> um, that I don't compare myself to people. I'm so comfortable with who I am. And the more I went on, I realized that what changed in me was that I still compare myself to people, but I don't let it drive negative behavior in me. And that's the difference. A lot of people let it overtake them and compare themselves and put the person on a pedestal, put them in a pit, and then it drives negative behavior and it doesn't make them into a better person. And then it's a vicious cycle to fall into the inconsistency. And then come with, come, with that comes failure. I think that's so refreshing because what you always hear is, I'm just saying so many times, don't pair yourself to others. But yeah. again, you're all, like you said, it's subconscious. Like if you, yeah. if we never did, what like what would we compare there'd be no there'd be something missing yeah, yeah. but it's just yeah. that it's the the behavior to not let that com comparison take over your judgment yep. so that you change your actions yep. i think that yep. is so impression so the next thing i want to move on from that is another kind of common thing that i think a lot of people struggle with and definitely I did myself for a long time, well, I still do, um, is self-doubt, just yeah. doubting ourselves. Um, what sort of kind of advice or how would you deal with that yourself? Is it something you've experienced in the past or? No, I'm perfect, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when it comes to self-doubt, it's the same thing. We're comparing ourselves to other people. And whenever we doubt ourselves, of course, it's the, the conversation that we have inside our head, because this is all what this is down to, the conversations that we have inside our head. It's an inability 
to actually progress. And the reason why is because this is the way I look at it, Matt. If you come to me and you have a certain destination inside your head, as in, help me, I want to be here. And I'm like, right, okay. And you're going through that process and it is so grueling, it is so hard, and you're experiencing emotions that you've never been subjected to. Of course, you're going to lack self-belief. You're going to be like, I don't know if this is for me. Is this right? But the reason why is because you simply haven't been through the process, so you don't know what to expect. But this is the thing, Matt. Everyone goes in to a goal with an expectation of a time frame and the actual process. Whenever we don't meet that expectation, we then let self-doubt kick in because we believe that it should be a complete different process. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we'll then compare ourselves to people and then we'll doubt ourselves even more because we are nowhere near them, even though they might have years on us. And yeah. even if, this is a big thing as well, Matt, even if they don't have years on us, this is, I'm sure you deal with this a lot. Some people compare themselves to other people and say, I've been doing this for two years. That person's been doing it for one year. Why are they further ahead than me? Is it genetics? Is it this? Is it that? And the answer that I come back with is, well, it's just simply feedback that whatever you want, and if you want to get near that person, you simply haven't done enough. And some people don't like to hear that. Maybe some people do have to work harder than other people. Well, in fact, some people do. I have clients, and I know for a fact this client has to work harder than this client to get on the same level in terms of like aesthetically looking. So um, hopefully that answered the question. That was a bit of a big one. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I know it's such a broad topic, but even what you said there is so true. Like I would see clients that you probably experienced this as well, that literally are doing, they do everything to the T and they, then you have another client who might be just say 50%, but yep. they, they, they skyrocket their results. Yep. And it's, yep. it is, it's, for me, I'm even like, it's unfortunate for others that you just have to do so much more to yep. maybe get, and you still don't get as far as they do with, yep. and they're only putting in half the effort or time, but that's just reality sometimes yep. for us. Yeah, and yeah, 100%. And even with that, Matt, if you think about it like this, the way I look at this, because I've, I've had so many of my clients come in to me and say, I know I make more sacrifice than that person, why are they in better shape than me? And what I always come back, like some, Matt, some people are g- genetically gifted and some people say I have good genetics and I'm like, well, you don't actually see my routine, so shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but with that, um, the people that are like in really good shape and they don't have to work hard and they have to go 50% and the other person has to go 100%, what's the difference in psychology there? That person who has to go 100% is going to feel completely different and they're going to be able to speak to someone from a more authentic place because they can relate with them more because they understand what it takes. So that's one thing that I'm always stressing to people, even though someone might look better than you, think about how, how much more your physique means to you because you've had to work harder for it. And that's something no one can take away from me. Yeah, that's actually very, even just that kind of got me thinking of mine because I would always be, someone that would say one thing I can relate to clients is like, I've, I, I wouldn't consider myself blessed. And yeah. I could, oh, I used to have that mindset of, I put in more work than everyone else here, but why yeah. do I not look like that? Um, yeah. and, but then I think for me, one that made me more relatable and as you say, curious, I think if I yeah. was just could walk into a gym, lift a barbell or half hours weights around and grow, I wouldn't yeah. have went searching for, the information on training, the information on nutrition mindset, I would have just kind of said like, oh yeah, just 
go ahead, just do what I'm doing. Like, yes. you know, yeah. so again, yeah. there is positives to those, like maybe you know, not making progress as fast as other people, because again, you, ha you get to learn, that's an opportunity to learn more. And yeah. if that's even your physique, that transfers over to other areas of your life as well, you know? Yeah, definitely. How you do, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. And with, with that, is there any other kind of common struggles, like maybe psychological struggles that you would see with people or clients that you deal with on a regular basis? Um, I believe it all boils down to the same thing, that everyone wants it yesterday. So for me, it's actually, how do I get someone present in the moment if they're too busy thinking about the future? but they're also being trailed behind because of who they were in the past. So that's a big thing for me. Like how do I get someone present and actually like communicate with them and saying, you're in the best position possible. You're actually working on yourself right now. And how I pretty much do that is it's the old cliche. You compare yourself to yourself and who you were yesterday. Because if you go outside of that, you start to compare yourself to other people, you're just going to get distracted and you're actually going to burn your energy on unnecessary things that aren't going to move you at a quicker rate if you were to compare yourself to yourself. And with comparison as well, I forgot to leave this out. I think it's amazing that there are people out there who do so much better than other people because that then gives them a certain level or a certain grade that that's actually possible. Yeah. So it's never a bad thing. Um, other struggles with clients, I think at the minute, Matt, honestly, motivation is a big one. Like, not everyone wants to work out at home. Not everyone um, is like 100% energetic throughout the day. And with that, it's, as I said, about the, the list of why, but also just having that conversation inside your head. Who do I want to be on the other end? What do I want to have achieved? And I know a lot of people are saying this at the minute, Matt, but whenever I say things, I say them because I say them inside my head and then I'll write them out and then I'll actually look at it and then I'll really connect with it. And for me, example, who do I want to be on the other end? I want to look back and say that I fucking smashed the coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for me, whenever I say I smashed it, I want to be proud of my actions and my behavior. I don't want to be looking back and saying, fuck that bar of chocolate or that tub of ice cream just, just took over my emotions. Do you know what I mean? And I know, I know that seems silly, but it's little actions like that, like chocolate, ice cream, stuff like that. It's not bad, but it's the emotions and it's how you're going to view yourself. Yeah. And I think what, even what you mentioned there is you're not comparing yourself to others. It's you that is kind of challenging yourself. Do you know, like yeah. for instance, if you have that chocolate bar, if you have the ice cream, like in realist, realist, no one else gives a shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But it's, it's you that you're challenging you that you know, okay, if I do these actions, when I get to that point, I can look yeah. back and think like I've done the right, you know, I've done the right things and yeah. my behaviors yeah. are in line with what I wanted the outcome to be. Yeah, most definitely. I think with like, if I was to say to you, Matt, Matt, could you drive to my house and you've never been to my house before? What's the first thing you're going to say? I mean, I haven't got a clue where your house is. So first of all, you're going to need a sat nav. Yeah. So you need a guide. So you do. And I think with the whole pandemic coronavirus, people need guides when they're going through this. 
and this isn't a pitch for personal training, by the way, even if it is a bit of structure with their days, I've been sending my clients a daily planner and it's just broken into a.m., afternoon, and then p.m. And I believe that if you have a little bit of guidance going through this period, it'll help so much people, like honestly, massively. And you just break it into three core tasks. What are you going to do in a day? What's an entertainment task? What is a brain task? And what is like an energetic, productive task? If you can break it into them three things, you are going to have competitive advantage as opposed to getting up in the morning, winging it, and just feeling out of control when it comes to the end of the day. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a big thing for people now and in general is just having that bit of structure to your day that keeps, yeah. you, keeps you at least, like you said with the sat-nav, at least moving in the right direction. Because again, I think a lot of people are stuck in this thing of perfection. Everything has to be perfect. Yeah. Like your food has to be 100% perfect. If you miss a training session, you're going to wake up and you'll have no limbs left. Like it's all over. Yeah. But yeah. I think if we can kind of get around and have the, the basics of knowing, okay, I just need this much, this much, this much in to be like at least a success, some way a successful week. How can yeah. I put that into, and then just break it down into your day. Like you're saying, like a yeah. few core tasks that you want to do today. Yeah. And that way you're at least, it's achievable and it still keeps you moving in the right direction. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Another thing as well, Matt, I keep saying another thing. Um, <laughs> with, with that, like, honestly, it's, I just like to serve it straight. Like realistically, if you're getting up in the morning, if you're telling me that you're lacking motivation and you're not doing anything to work on protecting your mindset or your behavior doesn't replicate someone who has motivation, then, it's self-sabotage because you have a problem, you know the solution, but you're not actually acting on the solution, but you're happy enough to talk about the problem and say that this is awful and everything like that. So I believe that's a big thing. If you know that you have a problem and in the world that we're in now, Matt, like it just takes a matter of going on social media, going down and getting all the information. It's, it's if you actually apply that, like everyone's solution, Matt, if they were to go on your Instagram, you put out quality content, mate. You can take someone from being not motivated to really freaking motivated. And I think with that, a lot of people don't see it like that. Mm. So I think if people were to actually change their mind frame, I understand that it does take a bit of a commitment for people to actually get going and implement. But at the same time, if you genuinely are lacking motivation, then just understand you aren't starved of resources. You're just one click away. Yeah. That's actually really interesting because again, it's, I often say this to people like they could, you could feel like you're completely like in the worst place ever. You're not yeah. very far away from where you need to be. You never are unless yeah. you've, you're on planet Mars and you know, everything <laughs> has gone complete. There's no humans left. You yeah, really aren't yeah. like you're about two to three decisions away from literally being on the right yeah. direction again, you know? And yeah. something I always say to myself is, especially about self-doubt, you're kind of, what you're saying there as well is a lot of people just don't take action. They know what to do, but they won't take action. And I always yeah. have in my head is like, doubt is removed by action. Because I even give like an example I can think of is, I doubted, I had a lot of self-doubt with this podcast for, because I thought yeah. about it for a while, doing it. Yeah. And when I think about it, the reason why I was doubting it because it was because 
I wasn't doing anything. I was just yeah. thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. So I was thinking of all the possible things. And then if I just actually took action and started doing it, that self-doubt would go, would go away, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's when you're 100%. not taking action that this, this, these things tend to happen in your mind. Yeah, paralysis by analysis is a big thing, Matt. And I really like that there um, with doubt and action. You're going to have doubt if you don't take action. Um, there was another point which I really love, mate. And I believe that energy moves emotion. So if I get up one morning, uh, like this morning, Matt, I didn't, get from my, I didn't get out for my morning run. And I haven't done that in like six weeks. And the reason why I didn't get out was simply because I trained hard yesterday. And I knew I was coming on here. I had to get up early to do a bit of work, get my breakfast and everything like that. For me to, I needed one hour extra of sleep. So yeah. if I was feeling a little bit crappy on myself, that comes into my head. Energy moves emotion. So if I have a negative emotion, energy moves it. So how can I get active? How can I be impulsive in order to move that? That's exactly what you said. You're one event away from changing your emotional state and how you perceive yourself. Is that why I seen you walking around the, the room on your Instagram story the other day? <laughs> yes, Matt. Yeah. The reason why is because I was sitting on that sofa beside me and it was just zapping my energy. It was like I felt my soul coming out of me. <laughs> so for anyone that didn't see this or if you're listening, yeah, Helmy's Instagram story the other day was just literally him just walking around his sitting room and it was something like that about energy. <laughs> Yep, yep, that's exactly what I was doing. Energy moves emotion. <laughs> exactly, you were taking action. You weren't just sitting on the yep. couch. Yep. <laughs> so next thing I want to move on to is, especially with a lot of mindset and psychology we've talked about, do you feel like a lot of time people kind of are afraid to look into these areas? Yeah, like, let's take us, for example, Matt, like you were scared to start the podcast because you had paralysis by analysis. We care about what people think about us, Matt. Mm. and we do and like if like i'm looking back to when i was in school i was an absolute maniac man. like looking back i really was a maniac and i think i deflected like the psychology and anything that was smart i was like if we're in america i was the jock <laughs> <laughs> so when it came to like psychology i i deflected it because like even though deep down I knew I knew I would have benefited from it, but I just didn't want to seem like I was uncool. I wanted to be cool. I wanted an act of significance. Yeah. And obviously that came around to bite me because I just love it now. But <laughs> I do I do believe people veer away from it and understanding why people do veer away from it. This is one really interesting point, Matt. A lot of people are their behaviors driven by unconscious conversations. So if you know that you need to um, be more active and make better decisions with your food. There's reasons why you aren't doing it. And unconsciously, them reasons might be because whenever you've done it before, whenever you had a PT who put you on a caveman diet or just gave you chicken and rice, um, that might be the reason why you don't want to progress again because you have a correlation with progress and feeling like crap. And I think that does kill a lot of people. And I think just dumping a lot of things from your unconscious helps you actually move forward. And honestly, not like for me and my clients, there's so many times where we've got the point and we can't go past it. And the reason why is because they have an association and a correlation with if we go to that next level, it represents this emotion because they've been here before. 
So I think that's a big thing whenever people, when it comes to inaction with psychology, maybe they know Matt, that their days are going to get longer. Maybe they know they're going to lack sleep. Maybe they know that their family time is going to suffer and they're not willing to do it. So that's yeah. something that I would look into a lot with my clients, understanding what's going on in the subconscious. So I recommend journaling for that. It's like, if you journal, you're dumping the unconscious. Sorry, you're bringing the unconscious to the conscious, which brings more room into the unconscious. And then it literally just filters through like that. And the more you dump out, the more you're able to actually take in and action that more. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. It's something I've been looking into that more conscious, unconscious mind lately. Yeah. And I think there's actually Dr. John Martini that I think I heard him talk about an example before with, he had a client that was uh, a lady that could never, ever lose weight, couldn't lose weight her whole, yep. whole life. And yep. what he done was basically got down to her unconscious belief was, yep. if, if I, I could be butchering this, but I think it was she was afraid to get pregnant yep. because of the way she was treated growing up. And yes, then yes, yes, yes. they got to this, uh, they got down to that belief. So that's why she would rather essentially struggle with her weight and yeah. never have to worry about maybe getting pregnant, having a child and doing yeah. that uh, yeah. to a child or treated where she was. Yeah. And they got, they got to this unconscious belief. And I think without, I think for him, without helping her with diet or exercise, she lost like 50, 60, 70 kilos, something ridiculous and got pregnant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Had you heard of that before? I remember him saying yeah. that somewhere. Yeah, 100%. I also heard another one on, Another podcast of there was a female who was so like whenever it came to actually uh, it could no it was a male sorry whenever this male uh, went to every time he wanted to lose weight there was a bit of resistance and dug into the sub subconscious and found out why because whenever he lost weight he got more attraction off girls which upset his relationship. And that's exactly um, why he had so much resistance. Every single time he tried to uh, make better decisions with his food and train more, he would never move forward because subconsciously, that's the conversations that was happening inside his head. And it makes so much sense. Not thing, I don't think it happens with every single person, but it's definitely one area that some people should look into. Yeah, and definitely I think if you're having a hard time with progressing in anything, um, like whether it's, this might even be training nutrition, it could be any, any aspect of life, having yeah. that uh, awareness to maybe look into, okay, what is really going on underneath yeah. the bonnet here? What, what may be actually stopping me? And I think, like you said, simple things can really help here of just journaling, like writing things down, yeah. getting things out of your head, because yeah. a lot of times it's not until you actually stop is where like our mind is racing all the time but whereas yeah. if we can actually stop, write it down on a piece of paper, we can kind yeah. of see things that we might have seen in our head, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, and when I'm on the phone to a client and I'm speaking to them, um, this is before we start working together, the way I describe journaling and actually just checking in is whenever you go to buy a car, Matt, you want, you want a, a log of service history with it. And the reason why you want that is because you want to see what the car has been through. So I treat my journal like it's like, like a, a service history, like a book of service history of Helmy. And with that, 
I get to look back on it and see what sort of conversations I was having in July 2017 and compare it to now. Because if you were to ask me, how many, what sort of conversations were you having in 2017? I'd be like, God, I'm sure it was something about like getting a PB or something like that. Not, <laughs> but I, I don't actually know. But once I physically look at it, it makes me feel present in the moment and it makes me feel that I have progressed in life. So I, I would keep a journal for that specific reason only. Actually just reflecting and being present in the moment and getting a visual of, yeah, you actually are moving forward. I know that's probably cocky of me to say, but I don't mind saying it. I'm calm, but I'm I think it's really through. beneficial because with with like training, it's all kind of the same. With training, you're, if you keep a training log, you can see over the years how you've progressed. With your physique, yeah. obviously you have photos you can see. Yeah. Sometimes with your mindset, it's very hard. Like you don't yeah. have anything. You can't just say like, I have a better mindset. But if you can actually say, yeah. okay, like back then, this is what I was thinking. Yeah. And now this is what I think. So yeah. you actually see yeah. the progression, you know? Yeah. And another really good one for that, Matt, is whenever you get a, um, a, ta- a timeline memory on Facebook <laughs> of how many posted six years ago, <laughs> I'm not even going to, but yeah, that, that's another means of actually understanding that you've progressed in life. <laughs> Just look at your time. Yeah, I can't even. Magaluf, Magaluf in 2014 or yep. something. Yep. <laughs> so the last thing I know, I know we've been, We've been on a while. The last thing I wanted to ask you is about something you've, well, you've called, it's called the conservation principle of energy. The reason why I want to ask you this is because you talked about it during your story and you said to go Google it, but I was like, I won't go Google it. I'll just bring Henry on the podcast and ask him what it actually is. <laughs> so, right, okay. So I've, I've heard that before, Matt. Did you say conservation principle? Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Yes, so the conservation principle, pretty much in essence, it is nothing is ever lost or gained. It simply transforms. And this is highly specific for everything we're going through at the minute. So at the moment, Matt, we can't uh, go about our usual routine because of obviously lockdown. So whenever you start to ask the question and whenever you start to look in to what's actually missing, and it's so easy to say, well, I don't have the gym to go to. That's crap. I'm not happy. But you have to ask yourself, well, what specific purpose and what energy were you putting, what energy were you putting into the gym for what purpose and what behavior were you getting from it? Well, you were doing it for, to feel significant, to grow your confidence and to obviously physically look better and feel better. Where are you now getting it? Because nothing is ever lost or gained. It simply transforms. So actually looking at where the energy is going. And another big thing, Matt, is whenever someone leaves your life, this is this law or this principle, sorry, um, it's actually used uh, in a grieving process. So whenever someone obviously passes and it's understanding that every single person, I'm going to say this and you're not going to look at everyone the same, but every single person are little bodies of behavior, Matt. So what's the difference between me and you? Obviously we have an ego, we have character and we have identity. But if you break it down, what we do on a daily basis, we display behavior. And whenever someone leaves our life, we miss their behavior. We don't miss them, we miss their behavior. So, well, the behavior makes them, so that's why we say we miss them. So with that, you have to ask the question of, well, what, what characteristic, characteristics and traits did that person display that I miss? And where am I now getting it? And to make context to this, it is like, I have one example in my head, but I can't say it. Um, 
if you had a, say you had a sister or sorry, you had a parent and your parent passed. I know this is really deep, but go with it. You had a parent and that parent passed and that parent done a lot of things for you in terms of cooking, in terms of cleaning and in terms of other things. If you can actually ask the question, well, who is now doing that for me? Who is now taking care of me? A lot of people won't be able to see it because they're thinking about what they've lost as opposed to what's actually transformed into their life. And it's a, it's a skill and it takes a lot of writing down in order for you to actually see it, Matt. But just understanding that behavior, um, behavior, energy, and human traits, they simply transform. I know it seems a bit clouded at the minute. The best way you're going to understand it is whenever you get the tangible experience of it actually happening inside your life. And mm. the only way that you can do it is obviously Dr. John has a process that he takes people through. That's probably the best way to do it. And if you're on the other end listening to this, you'll not be able to relate. And you'll be like, what the hell is he talking about? Until it's actually done on you. But in essence, um, just understand that when it comes to energy, it doesn't actually go anywhere. It just transforms into a different form. And whenever you find where it is, honestly, it is incredible. This is really weird. I have actually goosebumps on my skin. Yeah. <laughs> Something Because you said there, it's... I'd never heard of what you just said properly. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, like, I lost someone uh, yeah. a few years ago. And, like, with the traits you're on about, I actually, yeah. I think I took them into myself. I, yeah. took upon, yeah. I took them upon myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a big thing as well, Matt. Whenever you start to look at the other side, because whenever someone passes, we see it as negative. And I'm, whenever I say that, people say, what, it's positive? And I'm like, no, I'm not saying it's positive. I'm not saying it's negative. But let's study it and let's understand what's actually going on. When someone leaves our life, as we spoke about, the behavior changes and it goes from the one person to the many people. So if that one person done so many things for you, but now the many people are doing it, you'll not notice it. Because all you're thinking about is, well, that person done 10 things for me, but 10 people are doing one thing, which equates to them 10 things. And as well, that point you made with it actually, sometimes it can actually grow people because they become more self-sufficient and more independent. And there are things that we don't actually see as a positive because we aren't looking for it because we're too busy thinking about what we don't have. And it's like mm -hmm. at the minute, mate. What are we thinking about we don't have? Our routine, the gym, and everything like that. But realistically, let's start looking at what is it actually teaching us? What behaviors is it driving on us? What's it, like, what sort of person is it making us? And we spoke on the phone before. For me, I've learned a lot about it in terms of what I want to do now moving forward. Yeah. So actually looking at the other end and figuring out where exactly did this energy go? I think that's really, really interesting. Um, yep. and powerful even for yeah definitely for me it's like that's things I never really understood yep. why, like why if that makes sense why those feelings yep. or why those behaviors changed and like you were saying with with energy and I, th I think if everyone can take away from that even their situation right now and yep. look at where their energy has moved to instead of yep. looking at what we don't have yeah yeah I think and if you do that you might come out the other end in a much better place you know yeah and definitely Matt it's 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 a practice and it's a skill and obviously with that it's not something that's given to you it takes repetition in order to get better at it but 
I'm sure every single person listening to this has lost a friend before. And this is just to give a little bit more context. With that friend, that friend gave you something. And whenever you break it down to the behavior of that friend, give you maybe they were thoughtful, maybe they were current, maybe they bought you uh, protein balls, things like that. You need to, instead of thinking about, well, they brought me protein balls, my mom's now buying me Easter eggs. It's not the same. It's if you break it down to the behavior, they're being kind. So who is now being kind to you? And I think so many people are just focused on that actual action as opposed to the actual trip. That's where it changes. Sorry, uh, they focus too much on the context of what they're getting as opposed to the action or the trip. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's really powerful. I'm, uh, it's got me thinking about a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we just before we finish up, you're, you're definitely more than me head now. I'll say that anyway. <laughs> After, after this hour, yeah, I, mean, I can say you're, you're more than me head. I thought you were just going to talk about your biceps for, for an hour. <laughs> you know what, Matt, but before I come on, I was contemplating talking about my training yesterday, but I just thought I would sort of go with um, the topics that we agreed on. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was just laughing, you were asking what's the difference between me and you, I was about 40 kilos of muscle, but anyway, besides that. <laughs> so just before we go, where can people find you? What's the best place to... Best place would be Instagram at, at Helmi Danini, just H-E-L-M-I-D-N-E-N-I. -E I think that's my Instagram name, hopefully it is. Um, the, the good thing is that not, not many people have my name. <laughs> <laughs> so it should be pretty easy to find me. Um, yeah. That would be pretty much it, mate. I'm not really a big Facebook user, but just Instagram at, uh, at Helmi Danini. Perfect. I'll, uh, I'll put that in the show notes anyway and leave the link anyway. Um, awesome. Just want to say a massive thanks for coming on. I like even personally myself, I found that really, really interesting. And I'm sure awesome. the listeners got a lot of value and more than anything, just things to think about and the way to approach. And that's my goal with the podcast. And really why I wanted to get you on was your thought processes, processes towards life in general. Yeah. And again, if we can get just a few people thinking a bit differently going forward yep. that's that's the goal for me with this podcast yep oh, massive thanks and to listeners if you haven't subscribed yet please subscribe if you did get some value from that please let us know drop us a comment and all the feedback is much appreciated and we'll see you all in the next episode thanks guys thank you